Welcome in to the Cyclone Alert, Cyclone Scoop podcast. Michael Swain here, the Iowa State beat writer for 247 Sports. Really excited to have this medium back after a little bit of a hiatus and really excited for what we have kind of coming up here in the coming weeks and months for our plan with the podcast. Obviously, you'll hear from me uh, on occasion. We'll do solo podcasts like we will today. Um, We'll also have times where we'll talk to recruits, other coaches, and we'll really lean on the 247 Sports Network in terms of other team sites and some of the analysts that we have at our disposal. Uh, In terms of what you can expect, we'll have a weekly podcast from now until the start of football season. At that point, we'll transition into twice a week with doing some recap podcasts after Iowa State football games. But in the meantime, this will be a fun little medium for us to kind of dive into some more topics in a more long form format rather than kind of the specific articles we do over at Cyclone Alert. Today, we'll focus specifically on the Iowa State roster, the addition of Isaiah Brockington, and more so what T.J. Alsaberger has been able to do in the first kind of six weeks to two months of his tenure. But with that said, let's get started. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right. It has been a very eventful two months for TJ Otzelberger and his coaching staff since they took over for Steve Prome in mid-March. We've seen five players enter the transfer portal and look to go elsewhere. We've also seen plenty of players commit to Iowa State and Iowa State announce their signings. So you've seen the likes of Rasir Bolton, Tyler Harris, Darlene Stone Dubar, Dudley Blackwell, Jalen Coleman Lands enter the transfer portal. And you've seen Iowa State bring in some really good gets in terms of transfers. You think about Gabe Kausher out of Minnesota. Isaiah Brockington is the most recent one out of Penn State. We'll hit on him specifically in just a little bit, but. You've also got the likes of Aljaz Kuntz out of Washington State, Robert Jones out of Denver, and of course, Caleb Grill from UNLV and Tristan Enaruna out of Kansas. But before we dive into some of the specifics of the new roster pieces that we get to cover now, um, let's talk about Isaiah Brockington in particular. Um, he's the newest addition. He committed to Iowa State on May 5th. He had some interest from Arkansas specifically. Um, Wake Forest was another program that was up there for Brockington, but this was one of those that was maybe a little bit different in terms of Iowa State. You look at maybe the profile of players that they've gone after. It's been a lot of the Midwest guys with ties to TJ Altsoberger in particular. Um, I mean, you look at Robert Jones, for example, out of Denver. He had a relationship with Kyle Green the assistant coach from UNI who joined T.J. Altsenberger's staff. He played a part in getting Robert Jones, Gabe Kausher on campus. Of course, Caleb Grill has known T.J. Altsenberger for years, has committed to him multiple times now. But Brockington was a little bit different. He's from the East Coast, got his college career started at St. Bonaventure before transferring to Penn State, where he played for two seasons. Of course, Penn State had a coaching change after – Um, Pat Chambers was let go and now 
Brockington was kind of an interesting scenario where he entered the transfer portal um, earlier this spring, decided to remove his name from the transfer portal, but then put it in once again and decided he was going to look elsewhere. And this is a big pickup for Iowa State because I think if you look at the roster in, in a big picture sense, he really does fill a need. You know, Iowa State in general does not have a super veteran roster. You look up and down it. Not a ton of guys have been there and done that at the high major level. You can look at Gabe Kausher as being really the only guy in terms of some of the the additions outside of Brockington that's done it at that level. You know, Tyrese Hunter, we don't know what he's going to be like. There's uh, a lot of reasons to be uh, positive about what he could be like, but we don't know what he's going to look like in general. We don't know if Blake Hinson's going to be available for Iowa State this this winter, even though there's reason to believe that he will be available. Still no official word on that. And then you look at kind of the other bench players, and it's really guys that were either a part of this 2-22 and team a year ago, or they're guys that were bench players at other programs that are now going to look to either take a step up in role or kind of serve at the same role, but at a higher level. So I think Brockington brings a level of experience to Iowa State that maybe it didn't have before he was added. You know, he's going to come to Iowa State with over 90 games of college experience under his belt, someone that is going to have two years of eligibility remaining. And so he's going to be one of those guys that I think will be one of the veteran leaders of the team, along with Gabe Kausher. I think those two, if you're looking at maybe a leadership structure of the program, I think those two are going to be very important pieces. Now, if we're going to talk specifically about maybe Brockington's game, we have a story up on CycloneAlert.com for our VIP subscribers that looks at some of the analytics behind Brockington's junior season at Penn State. Uh, I'll save some of the specific numbers there for the subscribers and those that want to read that story. But in short, he's someone that in terms of his scoring ability has an interesting scoring profile. He's not a great shooter, you know, a career 27% three point shooter while he was at Penn state. What I find interesting with Brockington is that when he was at St. Bonaventure, um, in the a 10 conference, he was a 41% shooter as a true freshman. And then he transfers to Penn state. And then the last two seasons, that three-point percentage dipped all the way down to sub-30%. So he's someone that, in terms of his scoring ability, does a lot of it inside the arc. You know, he's someone that averaged 12.6 points a game for Penn State, which is a big deal. Anytime you can add a double-digit score at the high major level, uh, that's a big deal. So I think he's someone that, in terms of his scoring prowess, will bring that. He is a really good rebounder. You know, you look at his number, despite being a kind of a six foot four guard, he's someone that averaged nearly five rebounds a game. So he's going to fill the need of a score. He's going to help Iowa State on the glass. And then defensively, and this is some of the things that the metrics maybe don't grasp as well as maybe the overall impact of a defender, because, you know, schemes change the way you approach things change. And for Brockington, it seems like that he's someone that is a plus defender at six foot four, someone that can guard, you know, anywhere from like a one through a three, depending on kind of what a team is playing. If you're thinking of, for example, we think about Oklahoma State this past season and what they look like with Cade Cunningham, sometimes playing almost like the, the fourth biggest guy on the floor, he could maybe guard someone like that. So he's a versatile piece for Iowa State, going to bring a lot of experience and a really big addition that will really pair well with Gabe Kausher and Tyrese Hunter. Now that brings me into maybe the overall construction of the roster for TJ Altsoberger early on in his tenure. It seems like they've really embraced the idea of being a active team defensively. You look at the additions that they've brought in. 
Gabe Kalsher is a really good defender. Someone that was kind of his calling card while at Minnesota was he was going to be the guy that guarded the best player on the opposing team. And it seems like he will at least do that on the perimeter while at Iowa State. Brockington, we talked about him and his ability to defend. Then you've got someone like Tyrese Hunter, who isn't necessarily blessed with long arms and you know exuberant length, but he's got the athleticism and I think the mentality to be a really good defender. And so in terms of the guard position, then you look at maybe on the bench, you've got a Jaden Walker who's got long arms, who's got length, who will hopefully take a step forward this offseason after getting to contribute a season ago. You've got Caleb Grill. We'll be interesting to see what he looks like after getting a season at UNLV where he was able to get a lot more playing time. Uh, and coming back to Iowa State, he's not going to play 30 minutes a game, I don't anticipate. So it, it'll be interesting to see maybe what his adaptation looks like coming back to the Big 12 level and what that role looks like in particular. Then, of course, you've got Trey Jackson at the guard position as well, someone that is a pretty good defender. I think at times, maybe last year, looked like he would get a little lost on the defensive end, but someone that I think you know ha- has the right mentality and has the right... Um, aggressiveness when he's guarding on the ball to be a decent on-ball defender. Now, I think if you're going to group up the roster as a whole, uh, I think you could probably separate it kind of into into four separate categories at this point. I think you've got kind of your your ball handlers, which will be Tyrese Hunter and Jaden Walker. I think those are probably the two guys that will quote-unquote be the point guards, if you will. I think Caleb Grill could fit into that, but I think personally I would probably tab Jaden Walker ahead of Caleb Grill in terms of being a, a ball handling type. Uh, in terms of Jaden Walker, it'd be interesting to see kind of how he does. You know, the shot wasn't pretty at times and he was a little turnover prone, but maybe with a different role and a different offense in general, maybe he's able to flourish. So you've got those two as maybe your ball handlers. And then you look down a little bit. I think you could probably classify these next four players as maybe your off-ball scoring guards. So that's going to be Brockington. That's going to be Gabe Kalsher. That's going to be Caleb Grill. And then I'm going to put Trey Jackson in this group, even though he's not someone that is a necessarily a high-volume scorer like the aforementioned three are. But he's someone that I think falls into that off-ball category on offense just because in terms of his playmaking ability I don't think we saw a ton of that last year I think he's better as an off-ball guy that can either attack closeouts um, if he gets open threes take them um, but not necessarily someone that's going to be filling up the scoring sheet with the ball in his hand now when it comes to Kalsher in terms of his shooting that's a big thing that I'll be watching early on this season Um, getting to talk to him a little bit after he committed it seems like he believes that the shooting problems at Minnesota were due to his confidence. You know, you, he himself said that he feels like his shooting form is really good and really solid. And talk to a, a few people that are probably more in the know in terms of fundamentals and shooting form and things like that. And they said that, you know, Kausher really does have a clean stroke. So it could come down to just how he does mentality wise. And that's something that he mentioned was that having belief from the coaching staff um, would really help him to have confidence in himself, which will then allow him to shoot the ball better. And in his time at Minnesota, he went from a 41% three-point shooter as a freshman down to 24.5% as a junior. That's just a drastic drop. And I think that getting a change of scenery, a new program, a new place, a new coaching staff, new players, I think that will do him a lot of good in terms of shooting the basketball. 
Now, moving down, we've gone over kind of the the ball handlers and then the off-ball scoring guards. I think you've got a few really interesting wing pieces on this team. Let's start off with Blake Henson because I think his case is fascinating in terms of what his fall is going to look like. And let's go back a little bit. Before last season, it was announced that he would miss the year due to medical issues unrelated to COVID-19. He then was back in Florida for the fall semester before reporting to Ames last January. At that time, Steve Prohm said that he would be doing individual work on his own and wouldn't be a part of team activities. Now, this summer, in some of the videos that Iowa State basketball has posted, it looks like Blake Hinson is back doing workouts with the team. So it seems like from afar, that would be an encouraging step. We'll have to see if he's cleared uh, ahead of this season. TJ Alsaberger said he wasn't sure if he would be cleared when we talked to him last, which would have been um, in early April. But if Henson's able to play, someone that's versatile, he's 6'8", can shoot it a little bit, even though his numbers did drop at Ole Miss. Um, he's someone that shot a high volume at Ole Miss, so it'll be interesting to see maybe what his shot selection and shot profile looks like. If he's someone that's asked to take you know, kind of near double-digit shots a game, or if he's someone that's asked to take maybe five or six shots a game. Um He's a, a wing piece that I think could fit anywhere, maybe from like the two through four. Um, then you've got, of course, Javen Johnson, who was on the team last year. I'm interested to see what Javen Johnson looks like with the new offensive system, because he was someone that I think had some positive moments in his time last year, but I think too often maybe forced jump shots, tried to take really tough three-point shots, and really just relied on inefficient looks as a whole. But I think he's someone that with his length, with his athleticism, if you can maybe hone that skill set a little bit in this offseason and heading into next season, I think that's an intriguing player there. Though I don't think maybe his ceiling is as high as a Hinson or a Tristan Enaruna. And speaking of Enaruna, um, I recorded a video podcast for our VIP subscribers, but I really do feel like Enaruna is someone that I personally don't think should start early on. And we'll save some of the rotation conversation for another day and some of the minute allocation for another time. But I think Enaruna is someone that could find his footing maybe in his first season with the Iowa State and really develop into a, a Big 12 quality and potentially even NBA caliber player. Um, he's long, 6'7", six, 6'8", six, got long arms, someone that I think brings a level of intangible um to the Iowa State roster in terms of his ability athletically, his feel for the game. It may just take him a minute to get adapted to playing big-time minutes at the Big 12 level because at Kansas, he wasn't really able to maybe find himself on the floor like some of us would have expected. Um, He struggled to get consistent playing time due to a number of reasons. I think the Kansas teams of recent haven't maybe lend themselves to developmental minutes just because there aren't many blowouts, there aren't many times where you feel comfortable running with a Tristan Anaruna and letting him work through his mistakes. So I think he qualifies as one of those kind of wing players that could play the three or the four for Iowa State. And then you look down at kind of the big men. You've got your four bigs, which will be Xavier Foster, George Condit, Aljaz Kuntz, and then Robert Jones. With them, it'll be really interesting to see kind of how that rotation ends up ironing out. Of course, you would assume that Xavier Foster is going to start after having off-season foot surgery. He's back out of the boot now. He is able to kind of start doing on-court work as of mid-May. So for him, getting a full off-season will be important and making sure that he's able to hit the ground running um, (laughs) figuratively and literally this fall without hopefully having any sort of lapses with the injury recovery or rehab. 
Um, George Condit's an interesting case there too, in terms of, you know, what he looked like last season, someone that didn't have the greatest start to the year. And then I think as the season went on, really kind of grew and looked like he was playing some really good basketball towards the end of the year. So the question for him will be, can he carry it over into next season? Of course, we won't know the answer to that question until next fall. And then you get Koontz and Jones. I think Koontz is an interesting player. It's someone like a stretch big man, maybe a little bit more like a stretch four than more so like a five man like Robert Jones would be. Jones is very much um, a someone like George Condit that is going to be a around the rim player, not someone that's going to step from beyond the three-point arc and shoot the ball. Um, but I think in general, it's really easy to classify this roster and see the continuity and maybe the big picture that TJ Altsberger is going to look for with the roster. And I think if you looked at last year's roster, for example, in contrast, I think there, to some degree, uh, the pieces didn't always fit on last year's team. You look at Rasier Bolton, Jalen Coleman Lands, um, two guys that are kind of more off-ball guards who, if they had a good point guard next to them, would probably be really high quality players. And yet I think they were asked to maybe step out of their own comfort zones a little bit with your Bolton in particular playing the point guard position. But now you look this year, you've got Tyrese Hunter, who I think is going to be a star for Iowa state. Uh, you know, I've got real high hopes for what he could be in terms of just his on the floor ability and the impact he could make early on in his Iowa state career. It seems like in terms of the style of play, it's going to be a team that's going to try and you know get at other teams. I don't think this is a an Iowa State team that's going to be like you know some of maybe the the Fred Hoiberg teams that were high scoring um, and scoring above eighty on consistent basis. But I think that this is a team that will score you know around your sixty five to seventy two points a game, play good defense, be energetic, and try and get out in transition and make things happen in those transition opportunities because. You look at the athleticism of this roster, the overall length of this roster. I think there are a lot of players that could create havoc on the defensive end for opposing teams. So I think it's easy to see the overall maybe vision that TJ Altsberger wants to recruit to. It seems like down the road they're going to get into being more of a open style, fast pace, you know, a little bit of pick and roll, but really trying to rely on multiple guards that can make things happen, which circles back to the Brockington um, addition because he's someone that I think brings a little bit of both there. We mentioned the, the the scoring earlier, but I think someone that could also maybe alleviate some of the playmaking ability from Tyrese Hunter. Um, obviously, freshman point guards are going to have their ups and downs and their lulls. Uh, it's just going to happen. You're a young point guard trying to figure it out at the high major level. And it wouldn't surprise me if Tyrese Hunter, you know, is going to have a lot of good games, but there will be times where, you know, once, once or twice throughout the season where he's just not going to have it. And you're going to need other players to step up and help with the creative aspect of things. And I think that's where maybe someone like Brockington, maybe Gabe Kausher, not a hundred percent certain on Kausher yet in terms of ability as a playmaker, just some of the underlying numbers didn't necessarily indicate that he's someone that's going to be a, a, a playmaking guard. But he sounds like, and getting to talk to him, that he believes that he could. So I think how Iowa State approaches that kind of ball handling position will be interesting. But in terms of the long-term vision, I think you're seeing T.J. Altselberger recruit to playing an open style, a style that's going to play solid defense. Um, you're going to rely on length, athleticism to make life hard on other teams and get out in transition with the athleticism that Iowa State was able to add this offseason. 
And at this point, I think the only thing you're missing if you're looking at the roster is consistent shooters. You know, we've talked a little bit about Brockington and Gabe Kausher, but neither of them shot the ball well last season. And if you're expecting them to refine their old shooting form, that, that's fine. But in terms of the proven shooters on the roster, there aren't a ton of them. You know, is Caleb Grill going to shoot the ball like he did at UNLV, or is he going to shoot the ball like he did as a freshman at Iowa State? Granted, that was on a, a much smaller sample size. And then you really look up and down the roster, not a lot of guys that are shooting above 33% from three. So I think if you're looking at long-term what T.J. Altsenberger, the style he wants to play, I think adding more shooters will be a priority going forward. But I think as things currently stand, that's really one of the, the only marks you can look at on the roster and say that that's a big question mark. So I think overall, it was a really quality offseason for T.J. Altsenberger. I think you look up and down the roster, the overall quality of the roster has been raised. Um, I don't think this roster is oozing with NBA guys, but I think it's oozing with guys that have the ability to play at the high major level consistently, which again, you look at last year's team, you go two and 22, and 19 against big 12 opponents. And it's not hard to say that that team in terms of the overall quality um, wasn't there. And now you look at it, you've got guys with plenty of experience in Kalsher, in Brockington, and you've got some guys with high-end potential in terms of Hunter and Foster, guys with your kind of cornerstones, if you will, of the program. So I think a really successful offseason for TJ Alsaberger and the coaching staff, and an offseason that would be really exciting for Iowa State fans, just because I think you can see the overall talent of the roster. You can see the high-end potential of some of the players on the roster. Now, the only question will be, how will this all fit together? And those will be questions for another time when we get to talk to T.J. Otzelberger again and getting to talk to players again later this summer. Be interesting to see how they all adapt together and what maybe the overall style will be for this fall. But that's going to do it for today's podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening. Really excited to have the podcast platform back. And if you like what you heard, give us a follow on iTunes, and we will talk to you next time.